Before I start this podcast, I want to give a huge congratulations to Oscar and Danielle Magana. They recently got married this, over this past week, and I had the privilege to attend the, the beautiful venue. Um, like I said, everything everything went well, like, as I guess as I expected. Me, like, Oscar and I, I cut Oscar's hair, obviously, here at the Big Boss Barbershop, and uh, hit me up on Instagram, you know, Big Boss underscore Omar72. Um, nonetheless... I feel like me and him were on this journey together. Every time he'll come in, I feel like I'll get the four one one on on what's happening with the with the wedding and through COVID, the whole pushback and and yeah, I feel like like I was on this roller coaster with him for for you know a schmigman, a little a little part of it, but like I said, the wedding venue was beautiful the bride was beautiful oscar looked tremendous as fresh as he could be i saw him on the dance floor dropping some moves and shit pop locking and dropping it but everything went well with the wedding to be honest they played um finito and like 300 man the high school senior in me went crazy like chief keev that finally rich album was 10 out of 10. But nonetheless, congratulations to, like I said, a good friend of mine, Oscar, and obviously Danielle. And I hope everything going forward is what you expect it to be. I know there's going to be a bunch of highs and lows, but I hope the highs outweigh the lows because nowadays, you know, marriage is, obviously marriage is a sacred thing, but nowadays you see, people like kind of falling out of love but it's good to see you guys obviously for the most part you guys look like you guys in love from the outside looking in i know oscars could be a dummy sometimes so danielle to give him a break a little bit but like i said congratulations to newlyweds and i hope everything goes great going forward now let's get this show on the road what is up you guys this is omar oaxaca coming to you with the barbershop locks podcast uh, sorry for last week. I, I was feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I woke up on Wednesday. I had my window open. The weather went down like 20 degrees overnight. I woke up with the most mocos I've ever had in my life. I'm still kind of going through it, but it's not as bad as last week. Last week, I sounded like Squidward on the mic. I tried to record like a little 15-minute uh, one, but I just couldn't couldn't put that out there, to be honest. It sounded like, like like Squidward, you know what I'm saying? It sounded like Squidward was talking on the mic the whole time. But we're here. We're we're in the now. It's a new week. A uh, lot to talk about, actually. Um, let's get started, I guess. With, I think the obvious is, should we fire... We, I'm not even a Bears fan. Should the Bears fire Matt Nagy? He, obviously last week, uh, the Bears faced the Browns on Sunday. Uh, Justin Fields' uh, first start debut, and it didn't really go well. It sucks that Andy Dalton got hurt because you had to put Fields in that situation. But, you know, it had to be done, and 
I don't know why they didn't put Foles out there, to be honest. Because the Browns have a top, I want to say a top 10, but maybe a top five defense in the league. Um, And it's kind of, it wasn't unfair to put them out there because you got to play the game. But the stats kind of speak for themselves. Justin Fields come, coming in, like, I didn't expect much from him. I, I was hoping, you know, when you deal with a rookie, you kind of have to play to their strengths. So Justin Fields' strengths, you know, using his feet, mobility, rolling out, some play action or whatever. <clears throat> Ooh, man, that one caught me by surprise. Some play action. You know, play play to his strengths. And from what I saw out there, he was just – he was three-step reads, five steps. And the Browns were just rushing four the whole time. Like, maybe it's the offensive line. Pretty sure it's the offensive line. People are, are quick to to blame it on them. But, man, like, if you know you have a below-par offensive line and you have a rookie quarterback going out there for his first start, you know, play to his strengths. He, Justin Fields threw for his, he was 6 for 20, 68 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. I guess the interceptions thing is a good thing, but, you know, they couldn't even get it going on the on the running game. Montgomery, 10 carries, 34 yards, zero touchdowns. I want to say the score was like 26 to something. Let me let me uh backpedal on that one. Look up the score. Yeah, twenty six to six. So obviously they put a couple field goals up or whatever. But man, such an underwhelming debut, and it was it was. You couldn't put put the finger on just one person, but obviously in this situation we got to put it on Nagy. I don't know if it's enough to fire him, and I I'm pretty sure his petitions out there. To get that man out of Chicago, just how they outran everybody else. But, sheesh, man. Dude, I know they play the Lions this week, I think. And just, this was probably the game that Fields should have started. Like, you should just put foes in there and hope for the best. But there's definitely stuff that the Bears need to work on. And there's definitely stuff that... Matt Nagy needs to realize instead of putting the blame. In the press conference, he said he don't know who's going to start, Dalton Fields or or Foles. Why why would you go with the rookie and then he he does a subpar, like, coming out party, and then now you're taking it back? You can't take it back at this point, even if it's the early in the season. You have to, you have to just let it ride. And I know his his coaching position is on the line this year. He, I think they felt like getting a, a rookie quarterback will kind of buy him some time. But, like, the fans are sick of it. The the front office is sick of it. What they got to do is fire that president. That president's been there. I, forget, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But he's been there since the Bears went to the Super Bowl in 06 against the Colts. 06. I was 13 years old when that Super Bowl happened. I remember that Super Bowl was like, where they threw me a, a party. That's one of the one times I had a, a birthday party. And it was on a Super Bowl Sunday, Colts versus Bears. And obviously the Colts won. 
like I said before, growing up, I was a huge Peyton Manning fan, so I didn't know who to root for, either the the, the Chicago hometown team or my favorite player of all time. But he, what has what have the Bears done since then? They made the playoffs three times, probably like made it deep one time, and they lost to the Green Bay Packers because they they chose to sit out their their whole team at the last game. If they would have just played that game, they would have knocked them out. And that was the time the – I think they played the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Bears would have beat the Steelers, but, you know, it would have – they wouldn't have had gone home. But, like I said, man, it's definitely a tough spot to be in, tough, tough everything, man. I shouldn't – I shouldn't be so – so harsh on Matt Nagy or Justin Fields or because the real the real losers are are the fans. They they begged and pleaded for Justin Fields to be out there. And I don't know what they were expecting. They're expecting this to do everything. They're expecting them to block. They're expecting them to catch the ball. They're expecting them to throw the ball, run the ball. I love Justin Fields, Ohio State, I love Ohio State. I love anything, any player that comes out of there, like Michael Thomas and A.J. Hawk and Justin Fields, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, was it Curtis Samuel, all them dudes, man. Like, I love all of them. All of them, best, favorite players, right? But you you can't sit here and tell me you expected them to to come out firing, to come out and him be the, the savior to Chicago in, in four games, three games or whatever. The, I guess the Lions are going to be four games. I don't know what, what what the fan base expected. The biggest thing the Bears have been having, besides the quarterback over this past my past lifetime since I've been a kid, is they never had an offensive line to protect the quarterback, and they always had good defenses, and this year's not nothing different. But they always, always had a subpar offensive line, even with the days of Olin Cruz and fucking uh, who just retired, the dude from Oregon, the left tackle. I can name everything but his name. Uh, long, 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 and dude, you could go down the list. They never had, they never had, probably had chemistry, and they always, always just let let that quarterback get hit. Even from, let's go down the list, like Trubisky, Jay Cutler, fucking uh, Caleb Haney, uh, Rex Grossman, uh, what's that dude's name? Orton. Like, bro, even the Super Bowl year that they won in 85, they had uh, McMahon or whatever. He wasn't a good quarterback. You just had the greatest running back of all time and the greatest defense of all time on your team. You could have sat, you could have just handed it off and sat down and they would have done the work. Back then it was a running league, so you just had to, you had to just give the ball off and do it. But the Bears. Man, I was so excited when when they wanted to get uh, Russell Wilson. I was like, Russell Wilson, proven veteran, proven Super Bowl champions, been there multiple times. Yeah, he lost one, but he's 
he's a proven go-getter. He's a proven stud. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he could make it work. But they didn't, I don't know what was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but they didn't get him. No crying over spilled milk. They didn't get him. Fine. Then they go and draft. They get rid of their a pick or whatever, and they get Justin Fields. Like I said on the, I think it was the first or the second show. What do you do after if he if he fucks up? What do you do? Like, do you go back? You can't go back to Dalton because he's hurt. What do you go to Foles? Foles Super Bowl champion too. They should they should have put him in instead of uh, Justin Fields when they first started. Like when when Dalton got hurt, they should have put him in. I don't know if they don't believe in Foles or. You're paying that man like twenty something million a year to to ride the bench, so I don't know Chicago man. Like I said, I don't know what what you get, what the fan base expected, what Chicago expected. It's just it's hard right now to be a Chicago fan, real hard. But it's hard right now also to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I think they're like one and two. They just lost to. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, my boy Joe Burrow. Ooh, and Jamar Chase. I got Jamar Chase on my fantasy team, man. That boy's going off. I guess he's Joe Burrow's number one option now. But he – I don't know if Big Ben – if Big Ben should be throwing 60, 60 times a game. 60, 60 attempts. I think he was 38 for 58. With 318, one touchdown, two interceptions. I don't know if it's the offensive line with them too, but that man was getting murdered back there. He looked like he was scrambling. He was trying to recover. He was doing everything he could to to be good in the backfield. But, man, it just felt like as soon as they snapped the ball, the, the Cincinnati Bengals don't even have a good defense like that. I can I can name like one person that's like Sam Hubbard, big Ohio State, you know, but uh, I don't name one person on that team on that in that defense that was that's even nameable, and the Steelers. There's no way he should be he should be throwing sixty passes a game, maybe like forty, but at his age, his arm strength, no, like. He's getting murdered out there. You know, Najee Harris had a really good game, even though most of it was from the receiving end. You know, he 14 carries, 40 yards, 14. And then he had 14 receptions, 102 yards. Like, like those are those are like uh, Kareem Hunt numbers. Like, Kareem Hunt doesn't run that much because the Browns got Nick Chubb. But, man, I, if, if it's a passing down, they're putting him out there. He, he went off last game. I have him on my fantasy team, but I think Najee came off with 28.2 fantasy points, according to the Sleeper. Um, the Sleeper app, if you guys aren't familiar with this, uh, it's a different fantasy football app. They got fantasy baseball and basketball also. Uh, that's the one we're using for my league this year. But according to them, 28.2 yards in a, P, in a PPR league, that's pretty damn good. But then again, you know they they lost. They, the Steelers lost, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like a close. Like it felt like Cincinnati was running away with them. 
But Joe Burrow is here to stay. Joe Burrow is going to be a great quarterback going forward. I believe it. Now he has Jamar Chase, you know, his uh, teammate from LSU. One second. You know, we're drinking a little today. Got a little, uh, I don't even know what kind of whiskey it is. It's like one of our clients gave it to us, a little whiskey and Coke, you know, cut the edge a little bit. But anyways, Steelers, they need to figure it out. I know T.J. Watt's hurt, and that defense is definitely, definitely, with T.J. Watt, top 10, probably. Without him, top 20. Because T.J. Watt is that difference maker. What he pull his groin? Yeah, he pulled his groin. He... T.J. Watt, like I said before, it might might go down better than J.J. Watt. But, like I said, Steelers got some shit to work on, and they need to to pick it up. Moving forward, I hate to be like a like an A B C D type of thing. Did you guys see? Justin Tucker hit that 66-yard field goal. When I didn't get to watch the game live, but obviously they played the Lions, and the Ravens shouldn't have been nowhere near as close as they were in that game. The Lions aren't aren't a team you should be you should be going tick for tack with. You know, like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be down the line with the Lions. Like no cap. Like not to disrespect the Lions and. Because obviously that fan base is diehard because, man, you had to be a diehard fan to be a Lions fan over the years. 0-16 a couple, I think like twice or something. You can't you can't tell me that's not dedication. But, yeah, like setup, perfect. Stripes were out. Justin Tucker, probably greatest kicker of all time. He just hit the crossbar. So, like, it was like 65 and a half feet at first. So then when he hit the crossbar, it started rolling forward. And then you see the you see the the ball boy, the one that catches the ball after the field goal with the X, you just see his hands go up and I'm like, who are you rooting for? Are you are you an employee of the Lions or, or are you going for the for the Ravens? But incredible, incredible kick. Uh NFL record. He definitely a magical moment in what what we like to to think is nice to be to be present for something like that. But this week coming up, the Ravens face my Broncos. And I don't know if they're gonna be as lucky, man. I know the dude, like this is like one of the closest, like it's almost even because they got my Broncos as a favorite by one point, according to uh, Fanduel minus one and minus one oh five. They got Baltimore at minus one fifteen. So I don't know. I got obviously I got the Broncos in this one. I I wouldn't. Uh, if you have one of those, uh, what are those leagues called? Like when you when you do the numbers, like you put certain points. Anyways, I wouldn't put that many points in this game. It's going to be a really close one, and hopefully my Broncos prevail. 
but it's definitely gonna be one of those times where you're you're gonna be on the on the edge of your seat watching the game because, like I said, Lamar Jackson, a great talent. He could throw the ball, he could run the ball, he could do it all. But man, you, my boy Teddy Bridgewater, he's out there flinging shit. He's out there doing what what nobody expected him to do. He he came in and he's doing he's doing the shit. He's doing the shit. You lose Jerry Judy, but then you got Cortland Sutton coming in, and then you have KJ Hamler and Noah Fant. You have all these guys coming in and doing their part. Defense, like I said, that defense is really I feel like I call every defense a top ten defense. But that defense is crazy. That's the no fly zone, everything. Those defensive backs fire uh certain the second, fire Von Miller, hopefully defensive player of the year, TJ Watts out. But like I said, man, it's gonna be a crazy game. That that's definitely gonna be a game to tune into. A couple other games to watch is uh, Arizona and the Rams. I don't know who I'm gonna go for in that one. I know, I know they got. I know they got. I think the Rams are the favorite in that one, and not even by a lot, like by like a very minimal, like four and a half or something like that. So they're they're minus four and a half. The Rams are according to FanDuel. From what I seen on Thursday, on well today is Wednesday. From what I seen today, that that game, it's gonna be rough. You got Kyler Murray. You got my pick for MVP, Stafford. I've been riding the the Rams train like since since Stafford went. I'm like that's gonna be a team to watch. That's definitely gonna be a, a Super Bowl favorite. You know. They're they're not even top ten defense. They're like top two. That defense is crazy. Aaron Donald, Jalen Rams. You have two of the best defensive players, if not the two best defensive players on your team at the same time. You can't you can't get any better than that. And then you still got Stafford, and then you got Robert Woods, Cooper Cups out here doing his thing, Tyler Higby. But in Arizona, you got probably the second or first best. Uh, wide receiver in the league and DeAndre Hopkins. You got AJ Green now. You got who's their running back? Um, I can't even remember. Chase Edmonds. All them dudes. Nonetheless, man, it's gonna be a shootout. the The difference maker is gonna be the takeaways. If first person to throw interception, that's gonna be the team to win. Like no cap, like. First one to fuck up, that's going to be the loser. And then you got, but then you got, tune into the night game. You got Tom Brady going against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. That's how you know Tampa Bay is going to win. I think they're minus seven, according to uh, Fandle favorites but you know you can't even say mac jones in the new england patriots you gotta say bill belichick in the new england patriots because it's gonna be the the master versus the student let's see if the student can surpass the master but the patriots aren't they're a good team but they aren't who we want them to be who we expected them to be 
Mac Jones needs to find his rhythm. And the Buccaneers are looking hot. They're looking, they're coming in hot. They have probably the best receiving core in all NFL with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I know AJ, I mean AJ Brown. Antonio Brown's out with like some Corona shit. But then you got Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard, and the defense is fucking amazing. So I, I got Tampa Bay in that one. And by a lot, I know they're giving them minus seven. But shit, I'm going to take that minus seven because I'm pretty sure they're probably going to win by at least, like, two touchdowns. Don't, you know, don't call me on it. Don't try to sue me on this bitch. But that game is going to be crazy. You know what else is crazy? The standings for the AFC West. In the beginning of the season, I've seen all these people writing down, oh, it's going to be the Chiefs, the Chargers, and then either the Broncos or the Raiders. Right now, I know it's only three games in. It might be overreaction. But the Raiders and the Broncos are 3-0. and Chargers are 2-1. And the Chiefs are 1-2. and What the fuck just happened? What is going on with these first three games, man? The Raiders, I don't know who they played. But the Broncos, they're playing some shitty teams. But they're beating them convincingly. Like... You see these teams winning against shitty teams by like a touchdown. Like you shouldn't even like like the Ravens and the Lions. You won by a NFL record kick. The fucking Broncos just shut out who they play, the Jets or some shit like that. 26-0. They they didn't get shit on them. They got you seen that meme like get shit on, get wrecked. That was the Broncos last week. 26-0. They faced the Giants 27-13. They faced the Jaguars 23-13. These guys are winning kind of convincingly. And the NFL is kind of hard to win by like 44 to some college numbers and shit. But these guys are doing it, doing the damn thing. The Chiefs need to pick it up because I put some money for them to, to go to the Super Bowl. I know it's only three games in. It's not even a quarter of the season yet. But... That NFC, that AFC West, sorry, AFC West, is looking crazy. Moving forward, though, we got the lock of the week. Usually Kenny does this, but he couldn't make it today. We got a couple games. We got two uh, NFL games, and we got one college game that the odds were too crazy enough to not to not do it. They got. First off, we got Tennessee against the New York Jets. They got Tennessee at a minus 7.5 uh, favorite, according to uh, FanDuel. And then the over-under is 45.5. I'm locking in Tennessee minus 7.5 with the under at 45.5. That's a plus 247 odds. So, you know, your $100 makes you $247. Not a bad thing to bet on. You know what I'm saying? Don't quote me on it. Any any bet that I'm saying is what I'm going to do and what I'm going to make the bet. You bet at your own risk, all right? This is just me talking out loud, me thinking this is what is going to happen. Like I said, don't sue me. Then you got Green Bay versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got Green Bay. They got their minus seven. Over-under is uh, 45 and a half. I'm picking... I'm picking the under on that one, actually, because, like I said, Pittsburgh has some woes 
Ben Roethlisberger ain't doing his thing like how he should be. I don't even know how he's not out of for the season. All those hits he was taking the last game, but I got I'm taking Green Bay minus seven under on the points, forty five and a half. So let's hope for a close one. Let's hope like twenty eight to fucking seven or some shit. But you know it might be it might be worth it to pick the over on that one. But I'm definitely picking the minus seven and the over and the under. I mean. Plus two fifty three, can't can't argue with that. And college, like I said, we got one college game to that in mind. That I looked at the odds and I was like, "Are you are you serious?" I I know I know they're facing the number one team, Bama, but Ole Miss has been on a fucking tear lately, and they're giving them they're giving Ole Miss fourteen and a half points. Like, for they have the number one offense in the land. Like they're they're averaging like 30 something points a game. Ole Miss, I got Ole Miss plus 14 and a half for minus 12. Just just bet on it, man. Bet on that. It, it will, I couldn't combine the over under to give you those things, but Ole Miss 14 and a half, that seems like a lot to me, to be honest. And hopefully, hey, if you could combine all three of these together, there might be some crazy odds. I think that I might do that. I might do that for real. Like I said, don't quote me on this. You bet at your own risk. This is me talking out loud, me talking to myself on this podcast, because obviously my co-host ain't here. But like I said, Tennessee, minus seven and a half. Green Bay, minus seven. Both picking the unders on both of them. All Miss, plus 14 and a half versus Bama. Like I said, I know Bama's number one. I know Bama's a powerhouse. They don't. They don't re. They always just reload. They never. They never go through a rebuild. They always just reload. They're go go go. Nick Saban is gonna go up there as one. He probably is the greatest. The greatest coach of all time. You know he didn't have success in the NFL, but you know him Saban. They they're the goats in that in that respect. Just trust me. Ole Miss, 14 and a half. It should be a really good game. Tune in to that one on Saturday. I don't know if it's a night game or a 3 three o'clock game, but if you like football, go with that. And going from there, man, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Like I said, last week I was a little under the weather. You could probably tell this week that I'm still not fully. But like I, like I said, man, we're back. Hopefully, well, I'm back. Hopefully next week I could have a guest. And um, and honestly, I need my nose to stop fucking coming out with all this mucus. I didn't even know I had this much boogers in my system, bro. I've been blowing my nose. I popped my ears and shit, bro. Like, it was horrible. I just regained all my hearing, like, today. Because I, I blew my nose and my both of my ears popped. I was like, oh, fuck. But like I said, uh, find us at, the, at uh, Barbershop Locks on Twitter. I've been meaning to start an Instagram page, uh, but just follow us on Twitter if you have a Twitter or keep keep watching the keep hearing the podcast, man. I really enjoy seeing the numbers, man. It's nice to see that people are supporting and people are listening in. And yeah. Also on our Twitter page, if you have it, or even if you have me on Instagram or whatever, send us send me some of your uh winning slips, you know? Like if if you put in a crazy bet or whatever, 
or even like a, a little bit. Just whatever you want, man. Just send it in to me. Uh, I'm gonna start the the Instagram page hopefully today, but we're gonna I'm gonna post a couple of you guys' uh, betting slips if it's crazy enough, and I just want to see people. You know, we're, we're beating the system at this point, man. Fanduel was set up for us to lose, but we're trying to win. And with that, thank you for tuning in. This was the Barbershop Locks. Thank you.